What's up, Drop Pod listeners? You can check out new episodes of the Drop Podcast every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find all of our content on YouTube at the Drop Golf Podcast and on our socials. That's Instagram and Twitter at the Drop underscore pod. No matter how you consume us, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff, follow and listen along. This episode is brought to you by All County Exteriors. All County Exteriors is a third-generation, premier exterior home remodeling company celebrating over 40 years in business in a remodeling world where the average remodeling company only survives in business for only five years. All County Exteriors has stood the test of time, providing their customers with top-quality roofing, siding, windows, and doors. They service homeowners and builders with anything from small repairs to large additions. All County Exteriors is not just limited to construction. They have a deep passion for giving back to their community and are charitable supporters of the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the American Caring Society, Rooster Troops, and Parents of Autistic Children. If you have planned to do any exterior modeling, call the experts at All County Exteriors for a free, no-obligation estimate for your project. Just call 732-370-2780 or email them at info at allcountyonline.com. That's 732 370 2780 for all county exteriors for all your remodeling needs. This is the Drop Podcast where we talk golfing in the Garden State. I'm Mike Poro and this is Ryan Kula. What's going on, Drop Pod people? How we doing out there? I hope you had a good week this week. Want to give you a little recap of what, uh, what we got going on before we get into the episode. Today's Wednesday. Yesterday... Tuesday, uh, episode two, TPI Tuesday came out. Make sure you go check that out. That's a, uh, a YouTube vehicle. Uh, so head over to our YouTube channel, the Drop Golf Podcast. Uh, go check that out. Um, again, I'm working with Dr. Mike. It's going to be all winter, um, helping me with flexibility, mobility, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so go check out that video. We're, we're putting it out to you there. Um, and we got this episode coming out on Wednesday here, um, Wednesday, the 20th, uh, that's really all we got this week, guys. We got Christmas coming up. Uh, it's kind of the dead of winter here. We're, we're a little dry this time of year, but, um, we're good as far as like our content goes, as far as, uh, you know, the stuff that we've done all year, um, you know, it's tough to get out to the golf course in the Northeast here uh, this time of year. So not a whole lot going on. Uh, but again, um, head over to head over to the YouTube channel. Check out the TPI Tuesday uh, and you can go check out all the other videos. Go do some scrolling. Uh, we have stuff out from all year. Last week, I also put out um, three with me at Union League. So you can check that video out. I thought that was a great video, by the way. I do want to say, if you did not head over to the YouTube channel and check that out, like, I really didn't know what I was going to see when I watched that because I see all the Ryan verses and the Mike verses, and I know how they typically go. You make a double bogey, I make a par. That's kind of how all these will go. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was kind of curious to see how you put your voice into that. Because I really, I know I videoed them and I know I was standing in some freaking tough, tough spots, but I didn't know how you got your voice to get on that video. And listen, I'll tell you one thing that stood out so much to me in that video was the sky 
on the second or third hole where you drove the third hole, that third hole, that drive, the sky was all blue, mm-hmm. the water's there, and then you pipe that down the middle. Yeah. Bro, that was a great, great drive with a great picture, great everything. I don't know. I looked at that. I probably rewound that a couple times because I just thought that that little part of it was so good. Yeah. Uh, I I wish that there was like a camera crew recording you during that because because as you said like you were standing on that on that tee box you were standing like on the backside of a dune and and another foot you're falling off or if you slipped you're done for so it, it was the same thing on the second hole and, and, when you hit that drive into the right rough <laughs> i'm like basically in a little creek standing there like rod just hit the ball let's right. go Rod, just hit the ball. so uh so yeah, I, I did keep it a kind of a secret from you um, as to what I was doing, and and I'll, I'll be honest, I'm glad you liked it because I didn't know what was going to be the result of it either. Um, so I'm I'm glad it came out, you know, uh, well. I'm glad I you thought liked it came it. out really well. Yeah. I did because I'll be honest, when you told me the idea when we came there that day. It was like, oh, I kind of like that three with me. That's a it it rhymes. It rolls right off your tongue. It was cool. I didn't know I was filming. Hold on. Remember, it was originally nine with Rye. Yeah, it was. And that was was a disaster. Yeah. And then when you said to me on the very, very first hole at Union League, we're like dying to get out there. We're there. We're like, so we got the course to ourselves. You're like, yeah, I'm going to start on the first hole. I'm like, we're we're videoing right right out of the shoot. Mm -hmm. Like right out of the, you're like, yeah, we're going to video this. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. But yeah, listen, I thought it was really cool. So listen, I, I know Ryan says it a lot, but like, go subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Drop Golf Podcast. You know, I, I know that, you know, those numbers can obviously go up with the amount of followers that we have here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram. Um, so go click that little subscribe button. Yeah, so uh, so that that was that was a blast. And, and again, maybe a little overzealous there. Uh, but um, but yeah, I'm glad. uh I was very happy with with the final product and and looking forward to making more. You know, I, I think three with me is going to be something that we can do. Um, I, I think it's a it's a bigger undertaking than the Ryan versus for sure. But but I, I think that's something that we're going to going into 2024. I think that's something that we're going to do do a lot more of. Yeah, I just asked that we don't start on the very first hole. Yeah, again, the, so um, let's let you, let's get loosened up a little bit. Let's let's <laughs> you know put some oil a little bit in that in those tires. Let's uh, get that you know. Nobody would like that more than me because how I <laughs> I, I hit all of twenty twenty three. I hit four balls left, and and in the entire year, and obviously the first one on the first tee is the one that goes left. So, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, Again, a little a little overzealous. I didn't know how how difficult that would be. Recorded, but the idea was to record nine holes, so to do the front nine. But um, but that that's too much of an undertaking. It, it, it's no, but I do think I do think the three with me. I think a it, it it rolls off the tongue phenomenal. I said, and I think b it's like it's a different thing. It's not the same thing that you and I have done. It's not Ryan verse or Mike verse where it's really just pick a hole it adds a different layer to kind of like this whole podcast idea of what we've been doing. Like not only are we doing this every single week and getting episode out after episode with amazing guests and amazing guests, but you're able to add this creative layer to it that it's not just you and I having these conversations about hot topics or 
New Jersey guests, but you're able to add this different type of content that no offense is helpful to us. And I, and I think, again, that that's, I think that was really good. And, and, and I commend you for that. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, hopefully something we'll be, we'll be doing a lot more of. So again, go over the YouTube page, the drop golf podcast and, and, uh, and give that, give that a watch. I do also think, you know, let's, let's, uh, Mike, let's lift up the curtain here and show it to him a little bit. The, we've kind of figured out that like the, the Ryan verse, Mike verse, those can be, um, in, in doing our research and kind of understanding social media a little bit more, those, if we keep those to a certain time frame those can go on the reels or the YouTube shorts and they can get more eyes that way, which is what we're, which is what we're trying to do. But obviously three with me at, you know, at best case scenario, it's, it's a par three and two par fours. So you're still talking uh, 11 shots at, at best case scenario. Uh, I'll go ahead and say 12, even if I go par, 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 but uh that that's not that's not going to be in it. That's not going to fit into that YouTube reel or the or the Instagram reel or the YouTube short. So, so those are going to be more of like um, more of like a, a filmy sort of sort of vehicle, which is which is what YouTube is for. So, uh, so that's why we keep pushing it there to to go there. And the same thing with TPI Tuesdays. Again, I, I'm you know a, a physical therapy session doing TPI stuff. That's an hour hour plus um of a of a session with dr mike so it's tough to squeeze an hour into you know a minute you know down to a minute so uh again a little more i, I don't i don't know if cinematography is the right word but like a little more um a little more a little more editing and a little bit more of yeah, a, a, of a more- watching you know so I, I, listen, like anything, I think it's it just it's platforms that we're looking to to grow the audience, to get out there, to to continue to showcase you know all the good things that we're doing and all all the you know the guests on the content. So it's just another another area for people to consume us. Yeah. Um, kind of in that regard, as we're talking about not having a lot going on, where we just have two things coming out this week. Uh, if you guys have anything for us, uh, shoot us an email. The drop golf podcast at gmail.com. Um, shoot us a from the grandstand. You got questions, you got, you got, you know, a, a comment to make or a point to make, or, um, you know, something that you think would be good for us to discuss here. Uh, again, you know, a question would be nice, but it could just be a, a thought. Uh, shoot it out to us again, the drop golf podcast at gmail.com. And, and we'll, we'll filter through them and we'll, we'll take some and we'll, we'll do some talking about it. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, this is a good time of year for that because again, it's, it's slow. Christmas is coming and, uh, and well, we'll see what we got. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you think about last time when Pat from Sussex County sent us that question about, you know, would you rather be an elite amateur or mid-level pro? Like you and I, we, we must've talked about that for 15, 20 minutes. So, I mean, like when we have, I know. So when we have the opportunity like this downtime, especially golfing here in the Garden State with it being so dry, like these are a great opportunity for, for the audience to shoot us some things, to us to digest, to, to debate, talk about, and, and add our input. Because, I mean, now that everything going on in the golf world, whether it's 
you know, Tiger this week at the PNC or if it's Live or now it's, you know, these these NFL owners now looking to buy a piece of the PGA Tour um, with their little group or it's Live and Rom, like whatever the case is, I you know, these are things that like it's our way to connect with you, the audience. So again, fire those our way. I, I love seeing them. I love debating them. And I especially love it when we're on different sides. Yeah. <laughs> I do think, uh, Mike, we're very similar in a lot of ways. And in, in some ways we're vastly different. Um, I mean, again, take away the, the short, tall, ugly, handsome uh, part of it. But, um, and I won't say which one's which in that second one, but, uh, we, we know, we know it's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I do think that sometimes, sometimes when, when we do get asked those or when we do, you know, even off camera, right. You and I talk about stuff and it's like, yeah, a hundred percent. That's how we see it. Or, or, you know, when we see it the same way, um, it, it is more fun when we go opposite ways and it's, uh, and kind of go the other way there. No doubt. So again, shoot us emails from the grandstand, the drop golf podcast at gmail.com. So, I mean, go ahead. We got to be talking about Tiger and the PNC. So, uh, yeah, we're, let, let's get there. But I did want to ask, I did want to shoot this out before we did. Um, okay. So, guys, over Christmas break, uh, I'm heading down to Myrtle Beach. I'm going to visit my mom down there. Uh, if anyone, Sticks coming, too? Sticks are always coming when I go down there. That's the reason I'm going yeah. down. Um, oh, I thought I was going to see your mom. Such a you know yeah. you know what I know you're gonna go see mom and now we mom mama Kula I know you listen I know there's times you peek in we might need to send you this clip <laughs> so actually uh, I I've always give my mom like a jokingly hard time she I, she's not a big podcast person so I don't know if she, I officially don't know if she's ever listened to an episode uh, before last week. She might have like tried it or whatever, but like, so I told her, I said, mom, we talked about you on, on the podcast this week. You should give it a listen. So she gave it a listen last week and she's like, oh, ah. she did. She gave it a, a, a full listen. She listened to the whole episode last week. So, um, so yeah, maybe, maybe we'll send her this clip, but anyway, uh, yes, it's to, it's to get away. It's to see mom, you know, mom's doing the, the snowbird thing kind of up in New Jersey for part of the year and then down South for another part. Um, so I'm going down. I do have some things lined up. Uh, it is actually mama Kulat's birthday that week. So nice. I'll be there for her birthday. birthday. Thank you. Uh, 21. I'll let, I'll let her know. Um, uh, she's gotta be older than 38. Cause that's how old I am. So, uh, <laughs> gotcha. um, she looks 21. Yes, that's it. So she, uh, so I guess I should, now that I'm thinking about it, I got to get her something still too. But uh, these, <laughs> uh, if there's any, if you guys got any suggestions or if anyone's down there and is like, hey, I got a tea time and need somebody, uh, shoot it out to us. Let me know. Um, I, I'm looking to play. I'm looking for stuff to do. So um, if you got suggestions in the Myrtle Beach area or, or any connections, I'm certainly looking to uh, look at a play. I got some things lined up, but uh, but again, open to, open to more stuff. So, so hit me up or hit us up. So I, I did just want to make that little PSA there, Mike, before we got into tiger uh, and the PNC championship, my first thoughts, you ready? Mm -hmm. Charlie Woods is yoked up right now. 
I mean, did you see the picture of of uh, Annika and her son, Tiger and her son, and the split screen of it, like the 2022, the 2023? Oh, my God. I mean, Charlie looks like a different human being. He's matured. There ain't no yeah. question about that. Uh, so, I mean, I guess we could look this up pretty quickly, but how old is Charlie? Do you know off the top? Got, well, he's just freshman in high school, so what, he's got to be 14 years old? 14, 15? That'd yeah. Be, that'd be my, nah, 15 too old. He's got to be 14. Okay. That'd be my guess, because when I think about it, you know, I th- I, he's, he's a freshman in high school. Typically, most freshmen are 14. You know, you typically get your license at 17, so yeah. you're either a junior or senior year. So my guess is he's 14, and I'm almost 100% certain I'd probably take that to the bank, knowing how much I know about the Tiger Woods family. I would I would think so as well. Um because he definitely ain't, you know, freshman year is like 13, 14, 14, 15, 15, 16. Yeah, 16, 17. So um, I think I, I I was blown away when I saw how how much he looks like a man. I mean, it, the growth from last year to this year is, is absolutely stunning. Uh, and then, you know, we don't know, you know, we're recording this on Sunday, so we don't know how it finished up today. But uh, had some work to do after day one, which leads me to believe that, like, the other guys were really playing some golf. I know Matt Kuchar and yeah, I mean, his son were, were... Kuchar and his son is were so good. We're so good. So, I mean, it's hard. I mean, again, like you said, who knows what happens at the end of today and things like that. But, you know, I think when you... Wa- I mean, I, I can't lie. I watched a lot of Saturday. I did. And, again, the things that stood out to me were a couple things. Tiger's walk is unreal. I'm telling you what, I know I said this week's good to you to make the bet, but I'm telling you, if he continues to just get rid of some of this rust here and there, the dude's going to contend in, in, a, in Augusta in April. I'm telling you, his walk looks unreal. The other thing I thought was really cool about the week is how Sam was on his bag. The fact that his daughter is included in the event is, mm-hmm. is I think it kind of shows where Tiger's at because we all know growing up in, the, in with Tiger in the early late 90s, early 2000s, he was so, you know, narrow-minded, single-focused. It was golf, it was golf, it was golf. Like, there was times you would see randomly a picture of his family, and then obviously all his transgressions, you know, happened and things went sour for a while, okay? Um, and then all his, his addictions and whatnot. But I think, in a sense, Tiger's life has come full circle to where he's totally able is. to now – be a dad to be a you know a, a family guy watch his kids grow up and to get Sam included in this event um I thought was so cool it was so cool I, I just thought that added a, a nice little twist to it and then the last thing I say about the event is I loved how when the rumors are circulating that Tiger and Nike are done that after this year that the contract expires December 31st and that they don't know what's going to happen next because there's been a lot of rumblings about how Nike, it's Nike, can't come up with a shoe for Tiger to wear. And since he's come back, he's been wearing foot joys. And how can Nike, all they do is make shoes, can't put a golf shoe together for the best golfer ever. It's mind-boggling. And then there's rumors circulating that, A, he's either going to come out with his own brand, and if there's anybody that would get people to buy their golf stuff, it'd be Tiger Woods. Right. Or... I and I and I'm gonna love saying this because I can't wait to see your reaction. Have you noticed the brand that Charlie's been wearing all week? 
No, I don't. I haven't. He's been wearing. Okay, so if you've looked on the neck of his jackets, he's been wearing it says Grayson, and oh. there's rumors <laughs> circulating that Tiger is about to potentially maybe join Grayson as his next clothing apparel. And if you don't know, do you know his other buddy, Justin Thomas? Do you know what brand he wears? Grayson. Grayson. So we can maybe connect the dots here a little bit. I'm just saying. How, when you saw that, you, you, went, you went forgetting Sarah Marshall. You went, there's no way you didn't no, go six it, to midnight. No, so <laughs> it's, it, I feel like it's one of those things that I, and I know, I know that maybe I just talk a lot and people are like tone me out and don't listen to me, but I feel like when there's something really good out there and I, and I like it, I'm like, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And I'm telling you, if Tiger jumps on it, I mean, now people can listen. We get a Frank symbol? Can we get a, Yeah, now people. Yeah, exactly. Now people say, well, even though Mike's been harping on Grayson for 64 episodes or whatever it is at this point, Tiger puts on Grayson, like, yo, you have ever heard of Grayson? It's like the best brand ever. And I'm going to be like, <laughs> me over here. I've been talking about it. <laughs> October 12th, 2022, just been harping on it every week since. But yeah, listen, I, I've kind of heard that through the, through the grapevine. But again, I don't, I'm, I don't know anything but i just thought it was kind of funny I, that that's what charlie's wearing this week yeah it, yeah that's uh I, and the reporter asked the question are you are you done with nike after this year he's like i'm still wearing their gear and the guy followed it up and asked him again like well does that mean it. you're gonna re-up with them and he's like i'm still wearing their gear yeah and that was it i love like, dead it. serious right it was like the, stop asking me that question it was the most bill belichick answer he could have possibly given like we're like this is what we're doing. This is we're adhering to the contract. Uh, I, yep. I've I've thought that. Um, I think Nike is an inferior golfing brand. I think they, uh, for whatever reason, I never liked their golf clubs. I never liked the golf ball. Um, quite frankly, I don't even really like their athletic apparel. Like I'm I'm more an Under Armour guy over Nike anyway. Um, but the fact that they couldn't get Tiger. A shoot like okay maybe maybe the clubs fit Tiger and he and he really likes that stuff like or whatever that that's all fine well and good the fact that they can't get a shoe that fits his that fits his foot properly like how is there not just like some some it's podiatrist right how, right how is there not like a doctor that's in there with like okay here's the mold of his foot this is what he needs his his shoe needs to be a little bit higher or or there needs to be a little more padding or whatever the, what quite frankly whatever the it is how do you not just get it done fix it yeah fix it you're a shoe company how do you, that's what you do so to me i I take that not as they can't get it done. They don't want to get it done. Like this has been in the works for a while. I, I feel like there's there's got to be some kind of out there. Um, again, they haven't made clubs or balls in a while. They've just been doing golf shoes, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, like they, got out of the, they got out of the golf club. Yeah, they got out of the cu- golf club and ball business. Yeah. Um, so I wonder. But no offense. I like, wonder if they want to get Nike. out of of it. Really, not not necessarily altogether, but like, and they just want to go with, like, I don't know. I, I if you can't make a shoe when you're a shoe company for your face, the face of your franchise, basically, 
I, I don't know. That to me, that tells me that you just don't want to, and you don't want to be in the Tiger Woods business anymore. And and I don't know. Th- this would not be shocking in the least. To me, I would say whoever's making that decision, that is the dumbest decision ever because. It's Tiger Woods. We all know Tiger to wear Sunday red with the Nike swoosh symbol on his on his left chest and the black pants and the black shoes. Like that is so iconic. It's like Nike saying to Michael Jordan, "Nah, we don't want anything to do with you even after the fact." Like then Tiger needs to make his own brand off of Nike the same way Jordan made Jordan because you would still buy that stuff. I would still go buy the Tiger stuff with the little Frank symbol of the of all that stuff on the hat, on yep. the shirt like I love that when he showed up in the Masters and everybody's like, what is that? It's Frank. Yeah. Oh, and then it never, you never heard about Frank ever again, nope. even though Frank is the head cover yeah. of the tiger on his back. Like those are things to me that I don't understand as a businessman and I'm not one. So maybe I just don't get it. But when you have a once in a lifetime athlete like that, you're going to tell me as Nike as the biggest brand in the world that people wear all the time from shoes to apparel to everything else that we're going to let Tiger Woods go? Are you out of your mind? Yeah, I I would think so. Uh, there's, <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. Again, that'd be like that'd be like Nike dropping Jordan when he's when he's retiring, right? And I know Tiger's not retiring, but like uh, the the name of Jordan has lived on. Jordan hasn't played basketball since 2021. So you're talking 20 plus years and the Jordan brand is, is even bigger than it was in the nineties. So I, I don't, I don't know why I, I have no idea why they would do that again. Maybe there's, you know, there's CEOs of Nike for a reason and they, they make a lot more money than you and I do. So maybe they're, maybe they know something we don't, but I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why or how you just couldn't get it couldn't get it fixed right or again then the other thing would be okay tiger likes the foot joys copy them buy buy foot joy then yeah like (laughs) copy them give tiger give me the shoe and we're gonna make the same damn specs for a nike shoe yep i i um i don't know again it just feels feels negligent to me It, it really does it feels like there was for someone like Tiger, it, there's a will, there's a way, and they didn't seem to have the will, so it didn't get done. It just seems very – again, to that's me, why I think me, this was fractured for a, a little while because if, if they if they really – if they foresaw that the contract is ending this, you know, this December and they were like, well, no, it doesn't do us any good to like put all this money, time, um, you know, any of the science into – making him a shoe that he's only going to wear for a couple months. To me, that that says that this was out a while ago. Yeah, that, but people would still buy that shoe. Is that that's the crazy thing and you're still making money off it. Yeah. But again, I, listen, I don't I don't know, but the only the I mean, and I know I teased that with the Grayson thing cuz I saw Charlie wearing it. I thought that was kind of great, but I find it hard to believe that if if Tiger does leave Nike, that he doesn't make his own brand. Like I, I find it hard to believe that Tiger just doesn't make his own brand from this point on because he is his own brand. He doesn't need to piggyback off somebody else. Right. I just feel like if he wanted to make something and sell things under a Tiger Woods brand, the man can do it. Now, do you do you think? Um, 
do you think maybe that's what happens with Nike? You think that he stays with Nike and they make like this own, like this contract's ending, but he's going to re-up with Nike and make the Tiger brand like Jordan has? Because we all know that Jordan brand is Nike. It just is has the Jordan stuff on it. Or do you think, or are you saying that he goes with Grayson and Grayson opens up this Jordan line and it's, uh, I'm sorry, this Tiger line and it's Grayson stuff that just has Frank on it. I think, I think, I think if Tiger leaves Nike, he makes his own brand separate from all other, other businesses. Okay. So he's going to he get makes in, his own, okay. he makes his own clothing brand, not, not with Grayson, not with Nike. It's going to be Tiger Woods, and he's going to come up with some name for it. It's just going to be his gear, and just like every other clothing business company in the world, um, he'll come up with the way he likes the shirts, things like that. I, I just feel like it's a no-brainer because why? I guess there's some why get in bed with somebody else if it's not Nike. Well, because I think Under Armour's better, but <laughs> yeah, but not when you've been with Nike since the early '90s, yeah, or mid '90s, whatever, whatever it's been. Like it's to me like. They've stuck by him through some really, really rough times. Mm -hmm. And now the fact that the guy is looking better, he's feeling better, he's playing better, why would you even attempt to dump him now? He's coming back. He's playing. He's, yeah. he's visual. He's out yeah. there. He's hitting a golf shot. The guy is huge. Like, I don't know why. I don't know. But listen. Yeah, it does It does have that feeling, right? We, you know, We don't know. You and I don't know. We don't know anything that's going on behind the scenes there, but it does get that feeling that he's out. And why would you do that? Let, let's let's talk about the golf, though. I want to go back to what you said about his walk. He did look good on his walk. Now, again, I'd like to I'd like to say it's only two days, and we only saw one day. <laughs> it's not four rounds, uh, and we know it's not nearly as competitive, but. It did. He did look good walking. the uh, The surgery does seem to have uh, have worked. Whatever this this uh, latest one was, but his um, his gait looked good. He you know he wasn't like last time we saw him limping around the Masters. He he was very clearly hurting there. He he looks he does look good. He looks like he's got a nice little. There's no hitch in the giddy up at all. So so yeah, he he does look good. And we know he's got the skill. It's just can he walk it? We've always, we've always said that. Everybody says that. That's not breaking news. There's, you know, there's people that can, that are are reporting that. That that's the that's that's not breaking by any means. But yeah, if he can if he can walk, he can play, and it does look like he can walk. So, and if he can play, he can win. It's true. It's true. Did you take Tiger? What's the what are Tiger's odds? Did you take Tiger for the Masters yet? I don't I don't gamble, but um, I have no idea what they are. Haven't looked, but I've been trying to help my friend, aka you, win a few extra bucks. So <laughs> I don't want to play the "I told you so" game come mid-April. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So that's gonna be it for uh, for Mike and I. Uh, we're gonna send you to an interview. Um, that we did with Jennifer Satterley. Uh, for those of you that don't know who uh, Jen is, she is a golf course landscape painter. Uh, I did say that she is a golf course landscaper in the interview, uh, which she she corrected me, which I was glad. Uh, she paints golf course landscapes. Um, 
she's uh commissioned by pebble beach so she's uh she's the only one who's legally allowed to paint pebble beach uh saint andrews she's been commissioned by dozens of other super famous golf courses um and they're they're amazing they are beautiful paintings um it was it was really cool to get to talk to her and hear about her process. And, um, you know, she's a Jersey girl through and through, uh, we talked about her time, uh, down here in, in my neck of the woods, um, at sun Eagles with her grandfather. So it was, it was really, really cool. Um, getting to, getting to chat it up with her and, and hearing her, hearing her story again, her process, uh, how she got into this. So it's, it's a very interesting, very niche, um uh part of of uh art or, or in the golf world it's just another different angle that she's doing and, and it was super super cool and uh, just the absolute nicest lady that that I've ever talked to i mean just just it was just a doll i mean it was really she was really a whole lot of fun to talk to and and again hear all that she had to say so um, so here's our interview with Jennifer Satterley. Enjoy. All right. So today's guest is Jennifer Satterley. Do you prefer Jen or Jennifer? <laughs> Actually, either's, either's fine. Okay. Whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs> uh, Jen is an American representational painter, and she specializes in golf course landscaping. Uh, she's from here in New Jersey, um, and we're lucky and glad to have her on. So, Jen, thanks for joining the show. Thank you so much. I love it. Um, golf course landscape painting is different than golf course landscaping. But I love that you said that. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even catch that I said that. <laughs> it's been said before. It's before. So, yes, if you see me uh, pruning trees out on your golf course with a paintbrush in my hand, you'll know it's me. <laughs> good. That's, that's good. I appreciate the uh, the correction there. Um, I, I, I actually want to start here. I always say this about, about golf courses specifically. It is We've all been out on the golf course at really any time of day, but but it does tend to be when the light's better, you know, dusk or dawn. That golf course pictures, like you're like, oh, this is a beautiful picture of, of even just whatever hole you're on. It doesn't need to be some magical place. And it never does it justice when you take the picture and then you're looking at the live view compared to what you got on the picture. It never does it. it it's It's never just – it's never as good, you know. It's never as – uh, doesn't pop as well or whatever it is. It just didn't capture that feeling. But when I look at your paintings, I do get that feeling. I think you do capture that, that essence of the time that's being, that's, that's out there. How do you, how do you do that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> right. I, I figured I'd start with the hardest question first. How do you capture no. essence in your paintings? <laughs> no, I mean, that's what painting is, is for. That's why painting is still relevant. Um, it's, it, there's, there's lots of reasons for making art, period. There's lots of reasons for making paintings. But I think within the realm, within the genre of golf and its history, there is an opportunity to capture those feelings of you know, human experience when you're out there. You can do that with paint. Um, but, you know, when you're taking single shots, 
think of it, it's like putting your head into a vice. It's it's stuck there, right? You, and you hit the button and that's one angle. It's one moment. It doesn't capture how it feels three, you know, all the way around. However many degrees you're willing to turn your head, right? Like it's right. Yeah. the whole experience. So, you know, that's that's kind of what makes it valuable and makes it special is to be able to to do that with paint because you can't do it with a photograph. Yeah, it's it's one of the things that like as as I was going through my research and looking up all your stuff and all the all the work that you've done, I I couldn't help but think that as I'm looking there like like that you see all these pictures of people post and you're like wow that that must be a beautiful sight but it really is just like a nice photo but it misses that like feeling it, it you know as the kids say it didn't it didn't hit you know and and then i look at your stuff and it does i get the feeling of of standing on the tee box at um at pebble beach and seeing the waves crash behind i can i can envision that more in my mind i don't know what you were able to capture something that that moved me quite frankly as i was looking at the at the paintings Oh, I love that. Well, thank you. Yeah. So I, again, that was the one thing that I was just—I really wanted to know. I was—I was really interested in, in in that. But let's let's go back to the beginning, I guess. Uh, super talented at at both painting and I assume passionate about golf as well. How did you how did you get to where you are now? How did you come down this path of of molding both of these talents? Well, it wasn't planned. For sure. I think it found me ultimately. Um, I started painting. Well, I started making art, you know, as a little kid. Uh, and I was on a golf cart at six years old with my grandfather. It's one of my fondest childhood memories, actually. Grandfather at that point was retired. Um, he jumped out of planes in World War II and he he was a retired military guy, you know, so I grew up sitting next to him uh, on a golf cart at Fort Monmouth Officers Club, which happens to be a Tillinghast course. And he was very quiet. He barely said a word. Um, but then he'd say something like, don't hit the pin. And inevitably, every time I would hit the pin. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, I was the only uh, descendant that ever was allowed to even play golf with him. I played golf with my dad as well, who was a scratch golfer too. And, um, I did not grow up going to a club. Um, in fact, uh, lots of family vacations and driving range. And I I've always loved the game. And, uh, when I got to high school, I was the only girl on the then boys golf team. So I played golf in high school uh, and then I went to art school. So no one at the time, I don't really know why. I mean, I, I was okay. I mean, I was decent. I was, they allowed me to play on the boys golf team, <laughs> um, in my town, which is now just the golf team. Um, but, uh, it, it wasn't until, well, gosh, that after that, it was a lot of trips, you know, traveled and played, but again, it was just here and there. And it, it really wasn't until years later, um, more recently, I've got two boys and my husband and my two boys we were out on the course playing and it was twilight and it was beautiful. And between high school golf, really, and playing six years ago is when I pivoted my entire career to playing golf. I, I just, I had a moment 
and I say this all the time, but it's, it's exactly what happened. It was like an epiphany. It's very difficult when you're, you know, come from a family of artists and creative, um, creative families. Well, my dad was in banking, but, but surrounded by, but well, I was always able to point is, I guess I was always able to paint and draw anything. It's kind of a blessing and a curse. It's very difficult when you are, you have the facility to figure out what you actually want to make because you can make anything. So it was tough. Um, but at that moment, it just hit me like, oh my gosh, this is something I've loved my entire life. This is something that's been special and meaningful for me throughout my entire life. And I didn't realize because I didn't know the history of the genre of golf art. I didn't really know it existed. Um, wow. So I have to paint this. So I went back to my studio and I kind of dropped whatever else I was doing and made a bunch of golf paintings, a couple, and um, people saw them. And then I, I don't know, a couple months later, I ended up at a PGA show. So uh, it evolved. And then the more I decided, wow, this is something I really love, I started looking into, you know, I did a lot of research. The USGA was extraordinarily helpful. Um, spent I spent a lot of time the USGA Museum. Um, and in the archives, I've seen every rare book, every first edition, every piece of artwork that the USGA has in the archives. And um, it, well, that just know, gets my like spidey senses tinkling. I, I, I love history. And, and that's my that's my right in my wheelhouse there. Good. We you know, you can you can relate. I was fully nerding out. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's not an easy path. I mean, I did go to graduate school. I, I believe I'm the only artist on the globe in the, in the world that has a master of fine arts in painting that paints exclusively in the genre of golf. There are others that wow. have been college, but I don't know anyone with an MFA that, that actually does this. And, and to, to go a step further, there are very few people that do this exclusively anyway. Um, so it was, I don't know, it's, you know, it's, scary to do something where you have a successful career and you're, you know, I was having solo shows and painting other things and doing a lot of private commissions. Um, I'm a trained portrait painter too. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it was, it was a crazy move. And, um, but that said, I look back and every day there isn't, there's always something that happens that I look back and I think, Oh my gosh, like, why did I go to graduate school in Scotland? Or why did I, like, I have all these other experiences. I'm a junkie for history. I love classical, classical architecture. Um, I was doing all this other work that's led me to do what I'm doing now. Um, and it, I, it wasn't even a year later, I got um, a call from Pebble Beach to talk about the possibility of becoming a, a licensee. And that opened so many opportunities for me. And um, it's you know, basically that happened. And then clubs, 90% of the work that I do is private client, private club commission. I put nothing on social media. I don't put anything on my website. I have a couple of things on the website, but I don't show any of it. All of the privacy of all these clubs is maintained. So I don't even like if someone comes to me and wants a print or something of something that's not a private club, that's not their club. I don't sell that to them. You have to like, be a member and you got to keep the i'm sure there's there's i don't i don't know if you came up with this or the clubs but i'm sure that they want they don't want their their stuff all over to just some random people that's not 
never been there just just has a collection of stuff you know that's that makes sense to me they want to yeah, keep the oh, the the uniqueness of it um the the exclusivity the privacy exclusivity yeah yeah that's the word i was looking for well <laughs> and and exclusivity can be good at some time in some at some point, but in other times it's, it's not, you know, we want to be inclusive. And, um, now I am official fine art licensee for St. Andrew's links trust. So I am now able to have public work of Pebble beach legally. I'm allowed to, I didn't know this in graduate school. No one said you're going to need to have a license agreement with, I had no idea. And a lot of artists don't, and they're making work technically illegally. They can get cease and desist paperwork from, any club that's got trademarks on their um, course. So I'm, I'm legally allowed to create and sell artwork of Pebble Beach or, and, and St. Andrews. Those are, those are two good ones. I would say if you're looking for two, those are two of the top ones you'd look to do. <laughs> well, for public, I mean, that's, and that said, other clubs don't have that kind of, they don't worry about that kind of stuff. But in this case, um, for me, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. <Yeah. laughs> Just that, I can sell that work publicly. Um, and then all the other private work is, is private and I'm really private. So, uh, it works for me. So this is stepping outside your comfort zone then if you're, <laughs> uh, come on. <laughs> uh, I, I love all of that, but there was one part really in the beginning that I want to ask you about and it's sun eagles. Are you... Did you grow up around Sun Eagles? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Because uh, Sun Eagles is like right in my backyard. And I, I've played there for a number of years, uh, going back all the way to when it was still um, commissioned only, like like you played with your, with your grandfather. Um, my best friend went to West Point, so we were able to get on when he was in college. Um, and it was still private then it went public just a year or two after that. But, um, I, I love that place. The bones there are terrific. Tillinghouse did a phenomenal job with that course. And I've been saying for years, it just needs some TLC. Uh, and recently, maybe four five, six years ago now, um, the Martelli group bought it. They're doing work to it and building houses in the officers' quarters and that kind of stuff. So I don't know if you've been down lately, but it's it's really quite a quite an accomplishment what they're doing there. Oh, I'd love to see that actually. It, it's it's uh it's actually going full private next year. Um, huh. That's where it's it's okay. gone to. That that's like the level that they've that they've gotten to. Um. But yeah, that's that's interesting. And, and what high school did you go to that there wasn't a girls um, a golf team? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> I don't know. At the time, they were. It was just. I don't think it was particularly. It wasn't purposefully segregated. Just no girls played. Does that make sense? It totally like, I'm sure does. There were other, where other yeah. kids had girls, and there was a girl after me. And I do think I used to think I was the first, but. Um, uh, a, a good friend, family friend. And, and, um, well, he was older than me. He said that there were girls that, that played. I went to Glen Ridge high school. It just depends on the location. I think yeah. a lot of the other play, like warmer climates definitely have girls teams, both. Yeah. Well, that's what I didn't know if you were from around here, uh, like close to close to, um, sun Eagles that would have a course 
or, or a, tea, a a girls team nowadays than that didn't back then. Like um, yeah. like Red Bank uh, Catholic, Colts Neck, uh, that, that sort of thing. My dad taught at Red Bank Catholic for a very short period of time, I believe, before he went to grad school. Oh, very nice. So, so yeah, you're familiar with you're familiar with my neck of the woods here. A little bit, just a little, a little bit. <laughs> um, so th- that's that's amazing that you just kind of had this this like epiphany and then this this full pivot, like the the courage that much take to to say, hey, I have this successful career that I now want to pivot into this other career that nobody else is doing. How confident were you in like the niche that you found and you're like, this is what I have to do. Like it, it, that, that again, that's, that's scary. Just even thinking about. Well, yeah. I mean, our boy, my, our boys are 13 and 11 years old. So they were really little at the time. And, uh, yeah, I was terrified, but <laughs> right. Anything worth it, you know, and I think too, when something hits you that hard and, and you feel that you just know, it's like, you just so passionate about it that you, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's the most responsible thing to do is be fearless and get on with it and follow your dream. Yeah, like you, I think you were about to say that old adage of like anything worth doing is going to be hard, and and you know, uh-huh. with, with hard is going to be scary sometimes. So, I think with a mortgage, it scary turns into terrifying. <laughs> All these other things, like um, you know, ha- it, yeah. I mean, it's it's not an easy pivot. Uh, but that said, too, it's opened up so many opportunities and. Um, even this summer, you know, bringing the boys to Pebble Beach for the U.S. Women's Open and getting, having them experience the magic of, of seeing what all those women were so psyched to play and be there. It was so special for everyone on so many levels. The first time in history that the U.S. Women's Open is at Pebble Beach and, you know, mom made the official commemorative painting and mom was signing posters. Like, it was nice for them to see that my kids, for at least for my, a little, for a week that I wasn't just the mom that does their laundry right yeah like you're 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 awesome you're not just mom (laughs) you're also awesome and you're doing Uh, cool stuff and like people are looking at your painting and they're commenting on it that must have been a real a real kick for your whole family there that was good there was good for them i mean they know but it's still you know like oh god where my last year my younger son, I brought him to St. Andrews and he's like, oh, God, mom. Oh, can I miss four days of school? He, you know, this is he was very <laughs> that. But getting out there and doing the field work and like what I mean, I lived in Scotland, so uh, whatever. But, you know, it's great. I've been there since but since grad school. But it was nice. So nice to be back and have that experience and see it sort of through a fresh eye. When my son was 10. You know, oh, you have a lovely wee boy. You have a lovely wee boy. He's great. You know, they're offering him half pints of Guinness. And he's like, no, no, Iron Brew. I'll have Iron Brew. It's awesome. But walking the old course and, and you know, we went through each, you we went to each bunker and I had him naming every single bunker. And, you know, just really all the little details and stuff. It's, it's magic. It's so magic. So that's, that actually is a great lead into my, to this next question I have for you, which is what is your process like like you you get commissioned you go to the old course you go to pebble you go to these these places um where you get commissioned to do stuff what 
What's the process like? Is it like, hey, this does Pebble say, hey, come to our seventh hole, or or do you decide this is the angle I want to do? This is the like, give us some insight as, as to like how that how that process goes. Well, I think, I guess, when I was first trying to figure out, because I have a, I mean, you really you develop, I believe, as a painter, you develop your painting, your professional painting practice through through practice. It's like I. Well, and in doing my research to figure out, like, okay, I can do this as a career, um, I reached out to an artist. There are, are there are other artists, not many, that do paint golf. They have their painting practice in specific roles. And I reached out to the artist, Linda Harto, who is just, she's a, just a lovely woman, um, so kind, I um, to, to find out more information, right? Like, see who's doing it. Now, that said, I come from... I have a contemporary art background and painting practice. I grew up in the Metro New York area. I lived in New York City. I worked for the many painters who were considered part of the movement, New York photorealists and uh, painterly realists. They all studied with Joseph Albers in the early 60s at Yale. And I've had fellowships and grants, and I come from a very specific art world. I was, you know, studio assistant, cleaning brushes, running around Manhattan um, when I was just starting out. And... I have a painting practice already. So to do this was like, oh God, I have to reinvent a painting practice. Like, what am I going to do? You know, we would never paint from photographs. We would never, there are things. But now I go to a course, I walk the course. I, you know, and Linda Harto is not a golfer, but she knows golf courses because she's been doing it a very long time. Um, I reached out to her and she was super kind. And I said, hey, you know, like, can I visit you? Can we have a studio visit? I'd love to meet you. And she said, sure. You know, so I, I flew down to South Carolina and she's like, stay in my guest house. <laughs> so, um, we, I spent a weekend with her and my husband was like, you're going to do what? You're going to go stay with a stranger. And, uh, she thought she tell, told me later, you know, said, oh, you know, I've have a perfect stranger coming to spend the weekend. Um, but it was like, we were friends in another life or something. Like, I feel like she's family and she was very generous in sharing her practice. So I've, used bits from the, what she does and times have changed. Her practice is what it is. And, but the world has changed. The golf market's changed courses. Obviously you see this every day are getting renovated and everything, everything's constantly changing, but ultimately I have kind of, well, as any artist would develop my own. So I, I draw, uh, I take hundreds and hundreds of photos. I have an assistant, um, that sometimes comes with me to get different angles, uh, and it depends on the course you spend, you need to spend usually a few days doing the field work. I mean, very, that's the ideal way to do it. Um, take a bunch of pictures, go back, make a composition, use the best imagery to jog your memory. Now, as a golfer, as a lifelong golfer, I can walk a course and I'll know, okay, well, this is where I would take my approach shot. Or this is how I would, this is, I would use a seven iron here, or I would do, I think about it in a different way. Not all people painting golf have that vantage point. That's got to so be a huge that's advantage, right? Like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah. I, it is. Well, it is me because I nerd out and I like to have all of the details. I like to know, you know, for me, it's very much about how you feel. And how do you feel when you're going to look at it? How does the viewer feel as a golfer? 
you know, how does someone who might be a lover of golf, but not a golfer, a lover of art or landscape, how do they feel? I mean, it's all about feel and golf is all about feel, right? You know, you feel your shot. Um, I find the process of painting, my painting practice and my golf practice, they're, they're both meditative for me. They're intertwined. Like I could just putt for hours and just practice. I could go to the driving range and I could, could t do all different shots with all different clubs, not necessarily any particular order, but for me, it's so meditative. And, um, I find that fascinating, like just that I can do either. I mean, making the work. So anyway, you make all these, you get all, you gather all of your nuts, right? You get all of your information together and you bring it back to the studio and you just look at everything and you think about the experience and you think about, okay, like where was the best, you know, like for Pebble Beach, for instance, certain holes are going to look better at certain times of day. Like you wouldn't have a shot. You wouldn't have the best angle of, um, well, the seventh, because it's at Arrowhead Point, you've got sun, the sunrise or the sunset, you've got a very beautiful situation. But like the 18th, um, for instance, maybe that would be better. Also, too, I checked the tide schedule for Pebble Beach because it's, you know, along the coast. So if you want those big spectacular waves, which is not why they call it Stillwater Cove, um, <laughs> you know, the other side of that is if you're there when it's not full moon or, you know, the tide schedule, you don't get high tide, um, for, with like the U S women's open. If it's so still, you can see all the beautiful reflection, you know, there's, that's another experience when you're out there playing. So I try to find something in whatever course that's going to give you that feeling that, that, you know, what gives it its pebble beachness or its old courseness or its wherever, you know, because otherwise it's just like any golf club, any, anywhere, you know, what is going to make this course identifiable and special? What, you know, like Somerset Hills, you know, that row of apple trees, you can pick an apple and eat it while you're walking up the ninth fairway. Um, it's so cool. So that's important as well. And, um, I kind of, you know, I won't take a commission unless I feel like there's something there to really do. Um, so anyway, then it takes a couple of months to make the painting. It takes a couple, it takes six to eight weeks to order. Um, I, I use only museum grade materials. That's my background. So archival museum grade materials. I use a guy that does all the stretchers for MoMA and the Met and everywhere else. And um, Belgian linen, you name it. And down, everything is, is museum grade and archival. It takes quite a bit of time, costs quite a bit of money before I even start. And then once I have it, it takes a couple of months to create the actual painting. And then it takes some time to dry. And then it goes to image capture. And then sometimes it goes to framing um, and then all that other fun stuff. Uh, but it is, it's, it is cool. You know, I didn't know in grad school that I'd be making a piece of art that would get unveiled and that, you know, 300 people would be clapping. I mean, that's just crazy. <laughs> like, I love it. It's, 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 it's at first I was like, Oh God, this is scary. But, um, it's wonderful that we can celebrate the game in all different kinds of ways. It brings people together and it makes me really happy. Yeah. I, I, I just, that whole thing just is, there's so much that's so fascinating from like the, 
again, like the nerdy history things to even like the little, like you talked about how, how that cove, sometimes it's got the waves, sometimes it's flat and you can see the reflection of stuff like that. Even thinking about that, there's, there's so many little details that I don't think the normal person would understand, but then when they see it in a painting, it, it, you, like I said, to start, you bring it to life and that, that you do such a great job with it. It's really, it, it's really impressive for sure. Is this, is the process the same wherever you go or do you find that, um, now, obviously, like you go to Pebble, right? You're looking at the tide schedules and you go to Somerset Hills. You don't have to worry about the tides. But is there is there some place that you go? Like, does it matter the level of the course or is it the same every time? Just like uh, I'd imagine, again, like a putting stroke. Like, hey, I got this this eight-inch putt. My motion, my my warm-up is the same, whether it's a eight-inch putt, 10-foot putt, whatever the case is, we're doing the same thing. Well, I'm sure we've, I'm sure you can re relate to this. I, I can certainly, you know, your putt, your timing, your tempo can all be spot on and you might have that practiced, you know, down to a, a science, but then you get to a course where they've just rolled the greens and your putt goes flying. So, you know, I've come to learn and it, this has really been quite a short you know I've been painting my whole life I professionally I entire professional career of creating artwork so from a technical standpoint it's the painting but golf painting and the experience of this field work you know is not new but it's I've been doing it for now six years and what I have come to learn is that every different course has its own unique palette its own voice. And I feel like, and like I say this, I'm not a hippie, but I love hippies. Um, but, but it's my job to sort of be the vehicle or the means to, to pull that out because I, I can see right away, like, Oh, this is clearly, I know the signature hole. It's like looking at a menu and, and a restaurant you've never been to before and finding that thing on the menu that they're known for, you know, like, what is that going to be? It's, it's like a game. It's kind of like a game like a puzzle. So, um, there's always, every course will have its own unique thing. And it's not about me. It's about finding what that special thing is. And then I can help make sure the composition is beautiful and that the scale and proportion of the actual piece goes in the right location. And that's where my, um, other background, uh, for years I worked with, um, our classical architects, interior designers, um, based out of Manhattan, I worked for Ralph Lauren Home Collection for years uh, as well. Uh, I can very easily, and, and it's funny, I don't know how this happened, but clubs ask me, you know, well, where do you see this going? Where do you see, how do you see this? And at first I was like, what, why are they asking me? They just met me, but I get it. And I'm very confidently can say, yeah, you know, this is the right composition for this space and this is the right proportion and this is the style of frame it should have. And this is, I can... You know, this is the five-year-old saying, I know I was such a little know-it-all. I, I probably would have <laughs> been irritated by my five-year-old self. I know, I know. Oh, I knew that already. I know. But all these years of all this experience, I feel like I can really, you know, it's been fun. And I don't advertise. Clubs call me, you know, they've heard and they know that I'm going to respect their privacy and it's all private. And 
the more private I am, the more calls I get. Yeah. But talking about the exclusivity of, of something like that's, you know, a, those, those, the, the upper echelon clubs, that's what they want. So that's, they, they trust that they're getting that with you. And that's a huge building that trust. If you come into them and that trust has already been built, then I'm sure they trust you on so many other things. Cause that's the thing that they are, that they're looking for. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. But at the same time, I feel like art should be accessible to everyone. And I've always felt that way. So that, so this whole exclusivity thing is not necessarily something that I've ever championed. I've always felt like anybody should be able to experience everybody equally should be able to experience art. Um, whether you're a golfer or not, it should be a beautiful, some a beautiful thing to just see, look at, and you know, we're human. It's not a screen. It's wonderful. There's texture. There's a physical texture to a painting that, and there's gestures in the strokes and it's juicy and it's, and it, you know, we're human. So I like, I love the idea of making public art and I'm trying to work on all that right now. That's my, it's not a secret anymore. I've just told you, but, uh, <laughs> art that's accessible to everyone. You don't need to be in the upper echelon at a private club to necessarily afford to have it. You can experience it publicly. Well, once it becomes public, you you let us know, and I'm sure that Mike and I are going to have uh, a couple in our in our houses somewhere. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, no, I mean the Pebble work. I we have actually. There's a lot of work right now. Um, there is one shop that has been supportive since the beginning. For me, the only shop that sells my work. Uh, they're located at Pebble Beach. It's called Golf Links to the Past. They're right across from the front door of the lodge at Pebble. And, um, the, actually the manager, Chris Little, he's a lovely chap. He's the grandson of the famous Lawson Little, and he's a very smart guy and he knows lots about golf history and, and they sell my work. So originals, they sell prints and they also, I mean, I, people can contact me, contact my studio and, um, set up commissions and all that fun stuff, but golf links to the past um, sells my work. So it's, you can buy it actually sometimes. <laughs> sometimes when it's available. Yeah. Yeah. Um, working on a website and a, I don't know. I can't, that's where I get lost. <laughs> um, well, Jenna, I, I had cut you off in the beginning about, uh, you had some kind of surprise or, or something to tell me what, uh, Oh, what, what was, what was that? Well, I had been doing some homework on you guys and I love what you do. And I think it's, it's, um, probably not a podcast interview time, but a conversation over pints and around, hopefully you guys will, will come and, um, play Glen Ridge at some point. Uh, but I was looking at the picture, the little digital picture of the caricatures of you guys with your map and your little collection of balls on the back wall and the whole thing. And, um, so my request is that at some point you'll let me make a little digital golf painting, a uh, Jennifer Satterley golf painting for your digital wall. So it can be on your, on your wall. I want to put a poster up. On a thousand percent. You can, that would be amazing. <laughs> I am happy. I feel like, okay, my work is done here. That's what I want. But I, I think it should be of your favorite course in New Jersey whatever so, that is that's so funny that you say that because when when mike and i first started this whole 
this whole thing, right? Like, so a little quick background, like him and I went and played around at Hominy Hill and we start bouncing this idea around and, and he comes back to me the next day. He's like, yeah, let's do it. So, so then I'm like, okay, how do you start a podcast? I have no idea. There's not like, there's not a playbook for it or anything like that. How, is it just going to be like, I didn't even think at that time we were going to turn this into a business, right? So that's how there's no, there's no guide map. There's no nothing there. So I'm like, okay, what does podcasts have? Oh, podcasts have like a little sticker or poster. So one day I'm like, all right, let me work on this. So I start working on, you know, I tell him to send me his bitmoji and I start doing that. So it's, it's funny. The, the, the golf course is in the background. Mike's been a caddy at Manasquan river. Uh, his family's been a member there, you know, for, uh, for many years. So that's the one over Mike in his, in this little thing. Ah. And then at that point, the nicest course that I had ever gotten to play, uh, I've gotten to play nine holes at Baltusrol. So, uh, so it, oh no, is it Baltusrol or Ridgewood that I have up there? It's, it's one of those two, but that's the, that's the one that's above me. But I'm like, I take the picture, right? I crop it. I'm, I'm like super close to my, it thing took me literally an entire day. I must've spent, must've spent eight hours working on it. And, and we, we don't ever we use it for every YouTube podcast. It's the only thing we use it for. It's it's not like it's it's not like it's a big player in our rotation of pictures. But it's funny that you. So it's really funny that you mentioned that. But a thousand percent, you we, I would love that. That would be incredible. <laughs> Guys, well, and and maybe I don't know. Like uh, this is what I do, right? I I get so excited, and then I'm like, I have to do this, but yeah. <laughs> I have to make you a new uh, backdrop, little illustration of the two of you guys, uh, for sure. I could probably, I could probably, I would do that if you wanted me to as well. Like when you guys are ready for your, you know, upgrade. I like the <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Um, we'll but yeah, we'll take any that, and all, any and all of your stuff. We'll take. <laughs> we'll put, um, I don't know, right? Like you should be allowed. I don't know. I could probably work on that too. Whatever courses if they needed a approval, maybe would they let us do a little digital uh, rendering of yeah. Jersey. Jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, that that's... was it. That was, my silly. <laughs> that was so cool. Yeah, thank you. That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, Jen, you started to to say where um, where people can find you. Uh, where can we find you? Where, what's your Instagram uh, website, what's all that kind of stuff that people can go okay. check your stuff out. According to my 11 year old, I'm an Instagram noob. Uh, <laughs> I do have Instagram, but I, I keep it very, very light. Uh, it's JS golf landscapes is the Instagram. And my website is Jennifer And then in 2024, there will be uh, Jennifer Satterley shop.com. So right now uh, there will never be, um, an e-commerce component on my actual fine art website, but there will be uh, soon to come Jennifer Satterly shop. In the meantime, golf links to the past at Pebble beach. They have a website as well. They don't, they, you have to call them um, or mosey in the next time you're playing around at Pebble. Um, that that's how you, those are the only ways to find me. I do have an 800 number. Um, for private commissions, my office, it's um, 888 uh, 208-4560. And, um, I do want to share a, a little bit about the New Jersey golf foundation with you guys as well. I 
think it's a really good. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's a great cause. Everything that New Jersey, Do- New Jersey Golf Foundation does for the state um, is, have you guys um, met with them at all? Have you um, had any, I believe Mike's, uh, done any- yeah, Mike's been in, I believe Mike's been in contact with them. I, I, we haven't done anything specifically. I don't, I don't believe, I hope I'm not forgetting something, but, um, okay. but no, no, nothing not specifically. With them. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I've had the, the really the good fortune and the privilege of being on the board of trustees for the last three years. And, um, they do extraordinary work. They have sort of three pillars that they focus on military special needs, um, and youth. And all of these programs are amazing. Um, I actually, I was at the Inspiration Driving Range this morning for the vets, families, uh, military families, uh, vets, uh, PJ Hope. Um, we're working on a project to create a memorial. And um, there, it's, it's, well, it's almost completely in development, but on the website, you can actually go on the website and donate uh, for this particular uh, Inspiration Driving Range they're going to have, you can, uh, it, there's four different sizes of bricks and they're making a path. So if you have, um, you know, everyone's got some military contact for me, certainly it's my grandfather, you know, uh, it's, it's such a great thing to do for the vets. It's, it's really, um, important and, um, you can donate individually, uh, for, you know, I guess you can put different, uh, they can laser into a brick so you can memorialize, you can remember some, a loved one or, you know, family member, friend, um, or you can just put your club logo on a, you know, donate and have a logo put on a, a brick as well. So I love that. I think it's a really good cause. Um, and I love that, you know, I'm able to spread the word on that one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, uh I'm, my grandfather as well was uh, was in World War II. He um, he actually he passed away last year at uh, we at his it was a hundred and four months or something like that. Oh my so gosh. it was uh, yeah. So I, I felt very fortunate to be connected to him. But um, but yeah, my I have two of my closest friends are in the military. So I'm I'm involved in the Tunnels to Tower organization as well. So I have, I have quite an affinity for the military as well as, as it sounds like you do. So, uh, that sounds, that sounds amazing. What a, what a terrific cause that brick program. I'm trying to think of what they call it, like the stenciling or whatever they call it. But, but yeah, they have, they have that. I've seen that at a few places. That's a great, that's a great, uh, thing. And that's the, that's, is that NJ foundation.org and, um, NJ golf foundation.org. Do you know the website Uh, there? NJ golf foundation.org and there's you know there's a click button for donate and they i I like the idea like you can have a laser engrave the names you know in memory of your friends or in memory of your grandfather on a brick either four by eight like a classic brick it looks like the vet hospital that's right there in lyons new jersey um or an eight by eight, and you can have your club logo laser engraved into this brick, and it's going to be a pathway that's that goes around this monument with some flags, with all the different, um, uh, well, the American flag. There's going to, there's going to be you know each division of the military and represented and stuff like that. It's it's there's also uh, the special needs component. You know they 
they work with kids with all different types of special needs at this inspiration driving range as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a really good cause. I love it. And I'm just grateful that I can be involved in, in my own way. See, older you get, keep getting more proud Jersey. What, what can I say? <laughs> I love it. I mean, I, for going all over the world, this, even in a short period of time, I've, I've just had the good fortune too, of being able to travel all over. The, I've been, I've traveled all over the world already, but for golf and for, for golf painting, uh, I love coming home and I'm very proud of where I'm from. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Well, uh, I I just think it's such a that's such an awesome cause. I, I don't even have the words to like those three pillars. There, you can't find three better causes for those kind of pillars, and that that's great. And and um, yeah, this has been awesome, Jen. I really appreciate you coming on. I I could bombard you for hours and hours with questions on <laughs> on stuff that you've done or or been to or or just. Anything. I, I, personally, I find painting app like the most fascinating thing. I can barely draw a, strict, a stick figure, so it's it's really when I see art, I, I just I, I just I don't I don't I don't feel like I appreciate it like um like the deepness of it always, especially like I did when I like I saw your your paintings and I was looking at it. But I always think to myself like this just just a talented human being because. Again, I, I can't draw a stick figure, so it's it's really impressive to me. Yeah, well, th well, thank you. If it if it helps at all, <laughs> my family teases me because I can't play Pictionary. I can't draw a stick figure. <laughs> well, man, we got that in common. See? We both can't draw stick figures. See that? They're like, are you kidding me? You do this for a living. Like, what? Nope. No, I'm hangman. I'm terrible. I lose. It's terrible. Oh, man. Uh, well, Jed, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Go check out her stuff if if anybody's interested. Uh, NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org, another place to check out. Um, Jen, thank you so much for coming on. This was amazing. Uh, sure appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. Name a better feeling than buying something you know you can take and wear anywhere. Money spent on quality products is money well spent, even more so when you can rock that purchase just about anywhere. Why would you spend a fortune on clothes you'll only wear on the golf course when you can buy gear that's just as nice at home, at a holiday party, or work event, yet comfy enough it doubles as loungewear? Obviously, we'd all love to be playing 36 holes every weekend of the year, but just because you have to sneak in a quick nine before work doesn't mean you need a change of clothes. As winter closes in, Check out the new festive hoodies and beanies to fight off the chill at www.swannies.co and use code THEDROP25 for 25% off. Swannies is your go-to from work to golf and everything in between. Mm -hmm.